Hello, my name is A. Ruth Proctor, and I am the author of I Survive, You Can Too, my self-published autobiography about surviving child molestation, domestic violence, and infidelity while navigating life successfully as an entrepreneur. And you are listening to Rebeek. Hey, everyone. My name is Alicia Barlow, and I'm the president of the Tell Somebody Foundation. I'm a survivor of child abuse and the author of not one, but two Amazon bestsellers, In Silence, Abuse, Tell Somebody, and Tell Somebody the Basics. You are now listening to Rebuke, and you better tell somebody. Uh, this is your boy Marcus, and you're now listening to Rebuke Podcast. This is the 39th episode, and we have a, a special show for you all. Um, you can support the podcast by sharing the links to the, uh, to the show on your social media, and you can support the podcast financially by being a monthly subscriber or donate to my Cash App um, at at uh, Cash App Dollar Sign. R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. That is dollar sign R-E-U-B-U-K-E-E-06. Um, I want to start the show off. Um, um, what does... Um, well, I'll start the show off like this. Um, everybody knows me that in my family, I hate, I hate secrets. Me and my mom go back and forth about that topic. You know what I mean? Um, I hate finding out stuff that I should have known up front, <laughs> up front, because that allows me to navigate and and, and 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 navigate through life differently if I know information up front. So, um, and me, and her, me and my mom, we talk about that and stuff like that. But you know, different generations, everybody was raised differently. Um, but. Um, my question is to my my black community is what does Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey, the comedian Monique, and the great poet legend Maya Angelou have in common? Besides being black. Um unfortunately, these individuals were molested at a very young age. Um uh, so um that's why I kind of have a problem with the saying, you know, was done in his house stays in his house. I understand it from a, a nosy standpoint because <laughs> there are some nosy people, but there are some people that use their slip, their saying to hide their true intentions and, and, and bad intentions. So no further ado, we're going to go into the show and it's going to start the title is stop keeping secrets. Tell someone, um, I have the pleasure of having two beautiful and dynamic black women on the show to, to I wish I could have got a brother, but um, it's kind of hard to find those as willing to speak up. Um, uh, so, but I even tried to get some uh, counselors on here and they were like, uh, they, they were booked up. So I even tried bringing a counselor on here, but um, I'd like to thank uh, the motivational speaker and author Alicia Barlow to the show, and I'd like to thank the the author, entrepreneur, and survivor Ruth Proctor to the show. Thank you for coming on, ladies. Thanks for having us. Okay, um, and you got to excuse me for my pauseness and stuff because you know this is a deep topic. You know what I mean? I just don't. It's not like sports. I can go right, you know, right into it. You know what I mean? But um. Uh, and by had I spoke deep, if you checked out my podcast, I talk about deep topics as well. Um, but this one's a little bit hits a little bit different because I, I did my research and you know, and I and I walk it like I talk it, you get what I'm saying? And, you know, I walk it like I talk it, so I do my research. 
So this is not just no podcast. It's about just being opinionated. This is about telling truths and, and, and getting ac- accurate information. Um, I'm going to start with, I'm, I got your book yesterday, Ruth. So I'm like halfway done. And whew, uh, that's rough. So I don't even know who to start with. Um, but I'm going to start with Ms. Barlow. You, you don't mind. I'm going to ask you the, the question number one. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hesitant to ask, but jump in, come on, <laughs> you know, explain, you know, can you explain your experience with this, this deep topic and this deep secret that the black community tries to hide, which is yeah, molestation. Definitely. Um, I'm a survivor of child abuse. I was molested by my grandfather. I was molested by my mother's dad. When I was younger, my mom used to take me to my grandparents' house to be babysat, you know, for summer vacations. If her and my dad just wanted to go out, my grandparents were in charge of watching us. My grandfather started grooming me at a young age. He started with the tickle game under my arms and my feet, and eventually he moved to my private areas. Mm. My parents never taught me about my body or boundaries, so I didn't know what he was doing was wrong. He saw that I never stopped him and he took advantage of that. He would wait until my grandmother would leave the house and he would take me into a room and he would touch me inappropriately. He would show me porn magazines and tell me that people who loved each other did these kind of things and could me and him do it. I told him yes, because I believed him. This is my grandfather, I love him. And at age six, I started to feel uncomfortable about it. And I actually told my aunt, I told her that her father was touching me and she told me that it was wrong and that she would confront him and make it stop. And she told my mother and my other aunt and the three of them together confronted my grandfather. He admitted it. He said the devil made him do it. And he promised he would stop as long as they kept it a secret. So later on, my mother pulled me to the side and said, look, You can't tell the police that your grandfather touched you because he'll go to jail. And he said he'll kill himself if he has to go to jail. And you can't tell your dad because your dad will kill him and then your dad will go to jail. My mother is white. My grandfather who abused me was white. So they kind of even portrayed it as the big black man, which is my father, would harm my old frail white grandfather if I said anything. So I didn't say anything. And long story short, they continued to bring me around him and the abuse continued. Mm. Whew. Uh, wow. Um, Ms. Barlow, like I said, I, I you can see the the bookmark. I didn't read. Uh, 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 that's her book. Oh, that's my bad. My bad. Ms. Proctor. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, they... You have no problems correcting. That's for sure. Uh, Ms. Proctor, I've read your halfway of your book and you've been through a lot. Um, can you uh, briefly explain your, your situation? Because it's, it's not just your situation. It's like multiple accounts with different, situ- with different individuals. But go ahead and explain. Um. So very similar to Miss Alicia, um, I was left home with my mother's boyfriend and my mother's boyfriend, um, well, let me rewind. My mom and my mom's boyfriend um, would sleep in the bed with me. So I slept in the bed with them rather. So they would do things in front of me. Um, They would do things while thinking that I would sleep. And so I was exposed to sexual, pretty much sex at Mm. the age of five. So not knowing what it was, I would, you know, get on top of him and do the same thing. He did not stop me. So I'm thinking, I'm doing what my mom did. I'm getting on top of him. I'm, you know, do you know, just trying, just pretty much mimicking what I see my mom do. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, no, you don't do that. That's not right. He could, he he pretty much allowed it. And every day that my mom would go to work, that's what we would do. Mm. And so um, I think at some point, I must have, you know, had some issues. And from that point, my family stepped in and he was charged after my my family got involved and told my mom that she needs to press charges. Those charges was dropped. My mom dropped the charges and we, she took me in the car with her to pick him up. I'm not really understanding the situation because I'm like, at this point, I'm probably like six years old. So that happened with him. 
Um, after he was released, he booked. He was out. He left. He never came back. Never seen him since that day. Um, my, I had two cousins um, that um, tried to pretty much, you know, do the same thing. But I was able to articulate myself and said, that's not right. You know, we're family. You don't need to do that. And they left me alone. Um, in foster care, I was in foster care um, for years. And, you know, being displaced from, from home to home, you are exposed to a lot of stuff and a lot of people. And so the foster parent grandson started molesting me as well. And he would say, if you tell, you're going back to another foster home. And I was already shuffled from home to home, me and my brother, and I didn't want us to be separated. So I kept quiet. Mm. Okay. All right. I started with Alicia. I'm going to go start with you this time, uh, Ms. Proctor. Um, the saying, what goes in this house stays in this house. Um, why do you think family members do everything to protect, quote, in all all senses, all, all sense of the word, predators, and do not protect the victims that are being victimized by that? Why Why do you think, especially in our culture, why do we we go all the way out to protect, I protect them and not protect the individuals that are being in being involved? I think it's shame. And I think a lot of things are generational. Generational curses are real. And I think that a lot of families, year after year, generation after generation, continue to hide it. And, and, and truthfully, it's not even just in the black community, it's in white, Hispanic, you know, it's in all it's all ethnicities. They continue to, you know, shun and tell the child or the person that the victim that was affected and don't say anything, not realizing they've been traumatized. You're bringing this person around, the same person that touched them, the same person that, you know, is probably doing it to another cousin, another sister, and it's, it's ridiculous. And so I think that it really boils down to, it happened to me, I didn't say nothing, so don't you say nothing. And that's not okay, and we gotta stop that. Well, it's very interesting you say that, uh, uh, Ruth, because I watched several clips of the interview that you had Alicia with I she has a strong name is <laughs> yeah 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 I saw extra clips saw some clips of, of Iana and she's basically said the same thing that Rupe was saying about wow. your situation so what what you was what you got to say about the, about the same question why do you think family members do all go all the way out to protect their families but not the victim Right. Um, well, plain and simple, just like she said, it's a generational curse. Um, I found out that my mother was molested by her grandfather. And when she was younger, she told her parents and her parents told her to keep it a secret and her abuse continued. My dad was molested by a preacher when he was younger and he was told to keep it a secret. He said that back then you didn't accuse people of something like that, especially a white man. My older brother was molested by two babysitters. My younger brother molested by my grandfather, the same person who abused me. So when I look at my family, all my immediate family members have been molested. And so I didn't know it growing up because I always had to keep it a secret. But my family's like that. And your family and your family and your family and your family either has predators in it or other survivors of abuse that you don't know because you're either not talking about it or like we're talking about now, it's sweeping it under the rug. My mother and her family was abused and they weren't able to break those generational curses. And so that's what I really like about you know, everything going on now, including the Me Too movement and just the way our generations are now. Because like I tell people back then, they kept that a secret. They swept that under the rug. But me and my generation and what's going on now, we're here to sweep those secrets from up under the rug. Mm. Now, I wanna, what feelings, Alicia, um, towards family, friends, uh, et cetera, when, uh, uh, that you felt when this was going, when you was going through this dark chapter in your life. And I, I got, I got to actually, I, I altered the question, um, a little bit. How did it affect your relationships with men? 
you like boyfriends and, and right, stuff like right. that. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so growing up, like I said, my mother told me to keep it a secret. So that's what I did. So growing up, going through school, I felt ugly. I felt insecure. I felt like I didn't belong. I was bullied. I would look at my other friends and classmates and wonder why they were smiling and ask God, why did they all have such a good life? And here I had a messed up one. That's how I felt towards everyone else. My mother and her sisters and family, um, at a young age, they told me to keep it a secret. They told me to protect my grandfather. So unfortunately, growing up, I looked at myself as the person that was protecting my family. And I looked at them as being the victims. So I didn't have anger and animosity towards my family until I got older and really could look back at what happened to me in adults' perspective. But growing, um, going back to growing up, not only did I feel ugly and insecure, I didn't have self-esteem, I didn't have self-worth. A lot of survivors of child abuse, because they've been exposed to sex as a child, grow up feeling like sex is all they have to offer. So that was kind of where I was. Any person that gave me a little bit of attention, I was on them. Basically, I gave myself to people who didn't deserve me, people who didn't... Um, love me because I didn't love myself and so um, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18 where all my friends lost it you know at 14. Um, I used to not be able to look men in their eyes for more than three seconds without having to turn my head and I recently overcame that since I've got my power and strength back from telling but I googled it and it said the reason why you can't look people in their eyes is because you feel like they can look deep into your soul and see what you've been through, see the disgusting. Mm -hmm. so I realized I couldn't look at people or men because I didn't want them to see what I went through and how ugly and disgusting I felt inside. Mm -hmm. The eyes are the keys, the gateways to your soul. And um, I think I heard, I'm just, I'm just going to say this and, and I'm going to get to you, Rue. I think I heard Jay-Z talk about it. That's why a lot of brothers... We, we kill each other because when we, we you know how we, we mean mug each other it's because we don't want you to look into our souls and see the deep pain that we going through and so when you stare at a you know another African American male at a long period of time he, he's it's more of a defense mechanism so you won't see their pain than just hey man what's up it's, that's, all, that's all it is hey Ruth um, what's your feeling to, when you was going through, what, what was your feelings towards family, friends, and even you? You said you was in, uh, you know, uh, foster care, even the system when you was going through this dark chapter. Um, I think that for me, I very similar to Alicia. I think I began to question myself. Um, for a long time, I blamed myself for my actions because I felt like I was the one that did it. Um, especially being that I, you know. I felt like I initiated the situation with my um, my mom's boyfriend. And um, I really kind of like blame myself. Um, I really didn't see it as, you know, per se him doing something wrong and my mom doing something wrong or my mom not taking up for me. I didn't really understand that till I got, I would say probably in my twenties. Um, and when it came to, um, when it came to my family and how I felt about my family, I think that I felt abandoned in general, like not just with molestation, but overall, I felt abandoned, I felt alone. So just like Alicia said, when it came to relationships, anybody that showed me a little bit of love, that was cool. I might've needed all these things over here, but that little bit you showed me, it was cool because I didn't have anything. I felt abandoned, nobody was there. So I, I same questions, God, why me? Why am I going through this? Why, you know, don't I have my parents? You know, all, all of that. And so it really, you know, it really taught me to be in my head. And after going to therapy and talking to a therapist and really, you know, really getting down to some of the roots of some things, she explained to me that the reason that I was in my head is because that's something that nobody had been able to take from me. Everything else has been taken from me, but nobody could ever take away my thoughts. And so, you know, I had to learn to just, you know, not be so fearful because every man that I would come in contact with, my new adopted father, my cousins, anybody. I mean, it's people that never touched me ever, never came off on me. I was always on guard. Like, let's do this. Let's get this over with. 
it's going to get it over with and that's not that's not healthy for nobody you know you're, it's like you're in a you're in your own pretty much you're in, in prison within yourself mm. uh, I don't know who I started out with first I think uh, Alicia did I start you first yeah I did so this is for you Ruth um, Alicia uh point out some things that's very important I, this question i didn't i didn't put i didn't have in the in the email but i i think this was important because due to the fact that i couldn't get a counselor on the show i, I wanted to get this down um a counselor i want to give a shout out to sharita colvin in birmingham alabama uh she provided this information she was telling me that um there's you know different signs and symptoms uh, uh, of people that are being molested, or whatever, and she says the signs. Some of just this, not all of them, but signs will be bedwetting, increased physical aggression, attempts to control over the body that's being promiscuous, self-harming behaviors, uh, vaginal or anal bleeding. Um, those are signs. Then the symptoms is withdrawal, avoidance, mistrust of adults, guilt, shame, anger poor peer and romantic relationships, unhealthy cycle behaviors. And then she goes into associated psych, uh, psychiatric disorders, uh, major depressive disorder, PTSD, panic and anxiety disorder, substance abuse disorders, schizophrenia, antisocial personality disorder. I list all those to say this, say this, or ask this. Did you, did I hit on? Did she hit on some of those things y'all went through as growing up, or on? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, I'm in. A, I've been in the mental health field for over 17 years, and it's very true. Um, the behaviors, the signs, um, outside of me having my own personal experiences, watching children. That come into my office that have those same experiences i immediately know i immediately recognize it sometimes it's too much for me to even be a part of because i recognize those same things in me or i recognize those same you know things that they feel i can i remember it you know so you know i think that a lot of things that happen are also to help other people you know things that happen to me and alicia are not for us it's to help other people it's the exact reason why we're on your show today so, you know, even though it's painful, even though it's hurtful and those signs are definitely there, we survived it, you know, and we are here to be able to tell people and help people. And your show is living testimony that it happened, it sucks, it's not right, but we're gonna bring awareness and we're gonna make people aware of the signs and the things that happen to children and adults all across the world. Okay, thank you, Ruth. I know uh, Ruth touched on a lot. Alicia, you wanna touch on that or you wanna go to the next question? Uh, yeah, so growing up, I mean, signs for me, uh, when I told my dad uh, when I was 20, okay, so I kept it a secret from my dad. I grew up feeling mm -hmm. insecure, ugly, all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, when I was 28 years old, for seven days straight, I told my cousin, I want to tell my dad what happened to me. He's the only person that doesn't really know about it. And I want to bring awareness. I want to help other people. I want to help other children that are going through this right now since no one helped me. But I can't do that until I tell my dad. So for seven days straight, I, I told her, how do I do it? How do I do it? On the seventh day, when I walked into my dad's house, he said to me, Alicia, your younger brother, Jason, called me today and told me that he was molested by your grandfather as a child. Did it happen to you too? And the moment he said that I had tears coming down from my face because I knew it was God telling me, okay, you've been asking for seven days to tell your dad, here you go. At the same time that that happened, I never knew it also happened to my younger brother. Here I am 28 years old thinking that it only happened to me, it only happened to me, come to find out it happened to my younger brother. My dad was, you know, crying the first couple of days. He was like so sad. And then a couple of days later, he got mad. And he was mad at himself. And he said to me, Alicia, I'm so sorry I let you down. And I said, it wasn't you, it was my mother because my mother is the one who knew about it. And he said to me, he said, Alicia, I'm sorry I missed the signs. And I was like, you didn't know the signs. And so for me growing up, you know, yeah, I wet the bed. I was scared of the dark. I had bad hygiene. 
But that's why I made my book, Tell Somebody, which is a children's book on Amazon that teaches children about their body. Because instead of being a parent looking for signs, you could just come out and ask them. You can come out and teach them. Okay, so I just want to show you real quick. I go to different schools and events, and I tell people that I show kids, these are your private parts, your mouth, your chest, and your bottom. These are your privates. No one's supposed to touch you there. You're not supposed to touch other people there. And then the rest of the book is different scenarios. If you're taking a shower, no one's supposed to be watching you. Ask them to leave and tell somebody. And so instead of looking for signs, educate your children. Exactly. Something my parents didn't do. Let your kids know what's right and wrong and come out and ask them. Because if my parents would have educated me about my body, the first time my grandfather touched me, I would have told him, oh no, that's not okay. My mom and dad taught me about my body and if you touch me, I'm supposed to tell them. Do you think my grandfather would continue to touch me after that? No, he wouldn't because he knows that I'm educated. So that's what the world is lacking is the education. The fact that my mother was abused as a child and she didn't educate me, is something that I can't even comprehend because I have a daughter. And before I even got pregnant, I knew growing up, whether I had a girl or a boy, whether I had one kid or 10 kids, the moment they could start talking and articulating, I was gonna educate them about their body because ain't nobody finna touch mine, okay? So that's what it is. Stop looking for signs, educate your kids and ask them straight up, talk to them. Word. Yes. Uh -huh. Wow, I love it. I gotta get that book. <laughs> and it's, it's yours too. Yeah, it's so true though, because it's sad too, because, you know, and I hate to bring this name up, but I'm gonna, I have to, I have to say this name, but just oh. like R. Kelly. Oh man, oh, I'm about pray, to say. Predators, you know, prey becomes predators. You know, oh. a lot of times, you know, people aren't like me and Alicia. We, they don't choose to talk about it or do something positive with it. Sometimes they become the prey, the, the predator. You know, they become the ones that do the same things that happen to them. And it's because they, they're not healed. No, nobody really talked to them. They didn't get the help they needed. And they become, you know, they start doing the same things that was done to them and, and worse. Because his his sister molested him. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a continuum cycle. And I agree. When you are pregnant as a person that has been hurt like that, you, I was depressed for the first six months of my pregnancy because I was just so terrified that I was, I was having a child and not knowing what was going to happen. I just didn't want anything to happen to, to her like it happened to me. Okay. Oh, wow. Whew. Okay. All right. Alicia, I did my research. It said 14% of the people that are Melissa who are, are boys. Um, in fact, uh, I, in fact, the first time I heard one of my, I'm, I'm quite sure y'all familiar with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And my favorite one is uh, Busy Bone, you know. You know, you know. I ain't going to say the lyrics. I ain't going to embarrass myself, but, <laughs> you know, you know the one. I'm going to let say everybody. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first of the month. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first. Yeah, that guy. But he um he has a song. He had a rap song back in, I was in high, I think I was in middle school or high school. It says, no one can stop me now. And he... And a lot of people didn't know he was didn't know he was kidnapped or missing, report missing. And also in the, in the rap song, he talks about him being molested. And it was kind of weird, you know, hearing that as a little kid. And um, so you know, Busy Bone going through that, and then I'm hearing that DMX went through it too. Like he he you know he had sex with a very very uh, old you know I think he was young and still in his t young teens, and he was he yeah. Yeah, he got missed. Uh, he got abused and or molested by some grown woman, almost close to thirty. So, um, why do you you don't hear more boys being as vocal as you are? And I'm uh, gonna... so when I went on the Yana Fix My Life show, she asked me if my family members would come with me. My mother agreed. One of my aunts agreed, but my other aunt and my brother said they didn't want any parts of it. Mm -hmm. my brother my brother asked me he said alicia why would you want to go on tv why would you want to tell millions of people your story i said because i want to help millions of people why would you not want to use your story 
to help millions of people. And he told me that the reason why he didn't want to tell people is because he didn't want to be looked at as weak. He didn't want to get sympathy from people. And I honestly, I'm not a man, so I can't answer that question, but I okay. honestly think that that is what it is. Okay. Is that men feel like they'll be looked at as not only weak, but the majority of child molesters are men, but women molest also. A lot of boys that are molested by men grow up struggling with their sexuality. My uncle, I mean, sorry, my grandfather used to show me porn magazines. A lot of the people in the magazines were women. So growing up, I struggled with my sexuality. I didn't know if I liked boys or girls because I saw so much of it as a young age. Mm. I feel like a lot of men who are abused by men grow up struggling struggling with their sexuality because my brother told me that happened to him. And if they don't grow up struggling with it, they'll assume that other people will look at them as being gay or label them as something because of that. So that's why I like to um, speak about tell somebody so much and, and, and just uh, advocate for it because it happens to one in three girls and one in five boys. And those are just children who report it. So there's way more than that. And even those statistics, I don't really, you know, even believe those. I think it's way, way more than that. And I say that because every day on my social media, facebook.com slash it's time to tell somebody, I actually share a different survivor story. So just like Ruth was saying, when I grew up, I had a survivor book that told me the average child molester was a middle-aged white man who's college educated, religious, and has a family. That was my grandfather. So growing up, I thought only white men molested. And I used to go to the grocery store, go drop my daughter off at school. And every time I see a white man with a daughter or a kid, I would examine their body language and think to myself, like, does that look sexual? And when I used to think about my black side, I used to think, I know my black people aren't doing this. I know we're not doing nothing sick like that. And it wasn't until I started tell somebody that one day somebody sent me a picture of them holding a sign saying, tell someone, and they included their story of abuse. And it was an older white woman. And then the next day I had five more stories and the next day I had 10 more stories. So here I am growing up thinking that only white people molest. And it's not until I'm 28, 29 years old that I'm seeing, just like Ruth said, it's in every race, every religion, every community. And I mean, that's just, that's just, that's what it is. Like, it's crazy. Okay. Mm. Ruth, you want to expound? Oh. No, she. I okay. Mean, uh -huh. she's, she's correct. I mean, I, 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 I agree with her one hundred percent. It's it's so true. Okay. All right. So, since you, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and bounce the next question with you. What? Let me make sure I picked the right book. <laughs> it look. Yeah, like, right, 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 right. Let me let me pick the right book up. <laughs> you pick the right book up uh uh what point and you know what i'm saying and it's a good book by the way you know give us a, and you know you can ask anybody i'm pretty uh blunt and abrasive if it's trash it's trash yeah. uh but this is a pretty good book and i advocate uh all sisters to get this book um one of my good friends Shout out to Katrina Brown. She's a Delta as well, just like you. So all the Deltas, go ahead and get this. Hi, Paul Ross. <laughs> so, um, but the next question, what point, I mean, you went through a lot, but what point in your life you said, you know what? I'm going to do something different and try to make an impact in, in somebody's life so they will, they can be a survivor as well. Like your title say, I survived, you can too. So what, what integral uh, point in your life or something that's major happened in your life that said, you know what, I got to change. I got to do something to help people. I would say, um, I would say in college, I really began to, um, I started working in the mental health field my senior year in college. And at that point, you know, I wasn't really, you know, combining the two, if that makes sense. I was just like, okay, this is my part-time job. And well, I, I've been through, I tucked away. I, I didn't even deal with it. You know, I, I, I didn't talk about it too much. It, some people knew here and there, but I really didn't talk about my um, 
my past and the things that has happened to me. I just kind of, you know, we cope. You know, we throw this stuff on the, we throw the trauma on the back of our back and we just keep moving. And that's what I've done. And, um, you know, time after time, I would kind of, I would see that little girl. I would see the, a little girl, but I would see me. And so I began to say, okay, I enjoyed this. My part-time job became my passion. And so I began to help kids and, you know, mentor kids. And, you know, my position began to grow in the, in the company and I began to love it. And at that point, you know, I, I started journaling. I was saying like, oh, in 2001, my girlfriend gave me a journal um, when I was coming out of a domestic violence situation with my ex. And she was like, you need a journal. You need to write your feelings down. And I began to write those feelings down. And now those feelings are now in this book. And so that's how I came up with the book. My journals turned to the book. And I would say the last 10 years, I just began to journal and talk about, you know, my the things that has happened to me, my relationships. And from that point, over the last 10 years, I said, I'm gonna write a book. And I would say the last two years, I really got serious and I began to really write. And, you know, it took time. You know, I had days where I didn't want to write. I had days where I cried while I was typing the story. I had days where I was just like, this is too much. I can't do this today. And I had to have grace with myself, but I eventually was like, this is going to help other people. And truthfully, even with the book, I, in the beginning, before I even printed, I was like, I'm not putting my face on the book. I'm not gonna put my name on the book. I'm gonna just produce this book up under my business name. And my therapist was like, what? You can't do a book talking about all this stuff and you want to put your business name on this. And I was like, yeah, she was like, have you survived? And when she said that, it's just like, it's like a, a, a switch clicked in me. And I was like, you are absolutely correct. And I was scared. You know, I was, I was very, I was very scared. I was scared of the backlash of my family. Um, I was scared of the backlash from the public, you know, really telling these things and, you know, putting my face out there, my name. And, you know, I'm already, I've already been, I've been an, been an entrepreneur for, you know, like 15 years. So I was just like, I think I just felt, I was just terrified. And so from that point, I just realized it don't matter. This ain't about me. This is about did other people. This is about helping people. Get, um, did you get backlash from your family? Oh yeah. I wanted to talk about that. That's why, because that's another reason why people don't speak up and tell somebody mm -hmm. is because they feel like, well, they, they're going to be the black sheep of the family. They're yep. going to be the person that broke up the family. So I wanted to hear about that. But what's funny is I've already, I always been the, I've been the black sheep of the already. family. Already, okay. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So it's like, why are you even caring about them being upset? Why? They don't do nothing for you. You know, you've, you've pretty much done everything yourself. Why do you care that they're going to be upset? And I had to question myself about that. Like, why are you so bothered? And I just think it was just, you know, even though we don't have something from someone, we still want it. We still yearn that love and affection and that support from your family. Even if you never got it, you still yearn it, you know? And I think because of that, I, because I wanted it, I just was like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I'm scared. I, you know, and I just, kept, I just kept pushing those feelings to the back until I realized like, this is not about me. And when I tell you, when I released this book, I had so much support from people and just, I mean, I met with a young lady yesterday. I mean, people just come to me and just be like, you know, I want to just tell you, or, you know, you telling your story helped me. And now I want to tell other people, or you empowered me. I mean, it's just been so amazing. The outpour of strangers when your own family don't support you. Right, right. And that's what I was going to say too. When I first um, confronted my family and asked them, why did they allow that to happen to me? Uh, my aunt told me, well, it happened to us too. Get over it. Yep. And hung up the phone and, and changed her number. And my mom was like, well, it's been so long. What do you want me to do about it now? And hung up the phone and changed her number. And my other aunt hung up the phone and they blocked me on social media. And then I started, started sharing my story. And what I told people is the people that hurt you, they sleep fine at night. They do. And now it's your turn. Yep. And for me to have held that secret for 22 years and the abuse continued, and here I am finally sharing my story, telling my story, asking you guys the why you allowed this to happen. Right. Now you guys are disowning me. Now you guys are shunning me. This whole time I thought I was your family. <laughs> right. It took this to really just like, wow. And my dad said to me, he said, Alicia, 
family wouldn't turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to you when you needed help. And when he said that, that was like my breaking point. That was like my switch. Like, oh my gosh, dad, you're right. Like, that is their fault. I am the victim. And so I always tell people, healing, telling someone, speaking your story, that's for you. You know, if your story is your truth, live in it, and that's how you heal. And every day, like I said on my social media, I share a different survivor story, and people are getting more support from complete strangers under this post. Like, I love you, I see you, you matter, I believe you, Um, you know, me too. More support from strangers than from their own family. It's a shame. Like you've been hiding this secret for, you've been protecting this. Like that's how they do you after all this time. Ooh. So instead of living life every day for all those people, cause that's what you're doing by holding it in, it's time to start living for yourself. It's time to tell somebody. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the truth, but that shame is what what holds you down, you know? And I, my, my ex even told me, you know, you're gonna embarrass yourself. You know, why do you want to tell your story? Why do you want to, you know, tell the world this stuff? And I was like, it's not about me. You know, I I don't know. But this is, God has, I mean, it's. I felt like he was beating me in my back until I re- released this book. And I I mean, I felt like, like, why do I got to do this? You know, and, I, and now I understand. But at the time I didn't. And, you know, God gives you, gives us what we need, not what we want. Right. You know, and I think we get so caught up in looking behind us and what we don't have. And we don't look and see what's in front of us. What's in front of us is every, everything we need is in front of us. Right. Your dad, the people that support you, the community that supported you, us being on this on this show, that's yeah. everything that we need. We don't need the people that, that are not supportive of us, you know? Right. And for me, it wasn't that my family like didn't support what happened. Mine was more so my family didn't support me as a person um, and as like a, a child that don't have their parents. So I more so felt abandoned from them on that, that side. And I really didn't hone in on the molestation part, really. I kind of tucked that away. I really didn't talk about that. I really, that, I didn't really like bring that up. So I would say my mom, she didn't, um, I don't feel like she protected me, but I have to remember that I, my mom has schizophrenia. You know, she couldn't really protect me. She couldn't even protect herself. You know, so I had to remind, so I'm not really mad at her. I don't blame her. She's supportive. She read my book. She's like, you know, I hate that stuff happened, but it's more so just that, you know, the other family, you know, what has she survived? Oh, she wrote a book and you know, it's all of that. So I just, I tune that out and I just focus on what God told me to do and what's important and helping other people that are strangers and forget all of that, you know? And, um, before my dad, so I started to tell somebody And like a week or two later, my dad actually died. And that was actually the fuel to my fire to really go forward my movement because my other family like disowned me. But my dad was like here long enough just to help me start tell somebody. And I actually buried him in a tell somebody shirt. And I buried him in Louisiana. And not only am I not cool with my mom's side of the family, but now I'm burying my dad and his family is embarrassed that I don't have him in a four piece suit. So they're over there trying to zip up his jacket to hide the tell somebody shirt. So I had to unzip it down and I had to let them know, don't play with me, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my dad, he helped me start something. And because this is a taboo topic that you guys don't want to talk about, like my dad would be proud to wear this shirt. And I told them before I left, I said, you watching this TV, but one day you're going to see me on TV. And a couple, you know, years later, that's what happened. I was on the Yama Fix My Life show yeah. on TV. And uh, I know you got the books, but you don't got my my book, my memoir called In Silence Abuse, Tell Somebody. Lord have mercy. It. Oprah Winfrey actually wrote the quote on my cover. She said, I'm the perfect role model for turning pain into power. And I try to tell everyone we're all the perfect role models for turning pain into power and that's what my dad said to me before he passed away he said whatever you do don't stop what you're doing because somebody got to do it so i'm telling you too ruth and i'm telling you don't stop what you're doing because somebody got to do it and every time i tell people i've been abused the first thing they say is oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and i'm like wait let me finish okay i didn't hurt that around and i'm out here helping people now you know what i'm saying and it's about telling somebody so if i was never abused i couldn't bring awareness to it i can't come on here and tell you guys how to stop a a gambling addiction because i ain't never been addicted to gambling but 
I can tell you about child abuse. I can tell you the statistics. I can tell you, you need to educate your children. I can tell you as a survivor, you got to tell your family members who don't know what happened so that you can get a healing. So that's, that's what I'm here for. So never stop what you're doing. Keep doing it because somebody got to do it. And that's us. And, and because we're shining the light on the devil, he doesn't like that. And I know a lot of, you know what I'm saying? He tries to get me off my game every day from a flat fire yes. on the way to an event, you yep. know, to just whatever. He, but I'm ready every day. I'm ready to yep. fight this battle. So what you what you got to throw at me? Come on, let's go. That's how I am. I love okay. it. I love it. <laughs> wow. All right. Y'all, y'all kind of went. We done took your show over. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, since Alicia is now the new host of Rebuke. <laughs> Uh, she didn't answer both of y'all answered the next question. <laughs> that means you got, yeah, you're yeah, right. Right, my let me get an order. I need to get a gavel for the next show. Order, <laughs> you can't stop us. Look, uh, you're right. Too. Listen, they need to hear it. The people need to hear it. But, um, on a serious note, um, I'm gonna go quickly. Um, the second part to the question all that you went through. Ruth, and I heard you talk about therapy. Have you completely healed from the, all your trials and tribulations? Oh, no. I think that's something that we all... I don't really think that nobody truly healed. I think that you are constantly surviving. I think you're constantly growing, learning, um, being better. You know, I think that um, you know, you have... We all have triggers. You know, you might think that you're good. You know, I had to be reminded yesterday, like, yeah, I thought I was, you know, I was healed from that part. I thought I was good. No, you're not. Because now that I did this book, now other things are coming up. Other pieces are coming up and that I didn't even recognize. So I think that, you know, that's a constant um, growth. I think it's a constant battle. And we have to constantly, you know, continue to put one foot in front of the other and just continue to walk and grow as a person and heal. I don't think nobody's completely ever healed. Alicia, um, and you kind of you kind of went in and dove in in the question, uh, but the second part, um, you started your movement, say something movement. You told me your inspirational. Hey, come on, tell somebody. Tell somebody. <laughs> oh Lord. So we gonna get you right, Marcus. Right on. <laughs> Marcus said, "Look, y'all, y'all females." <laughs> Tell somebody. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask that again. But tell you, you started your movement with your father, with your father being your inspiration. Tell somebody. Um, I'm gonna ask the same question with you. Um, have Have you healed from? Have you healed from this process? Uh, I mean, this, everything, or you kind of like Ruth? It's on. It's an everyday struggle. Uh, just like Ruth said, you know, um, it's an everyday struggle. Uh, to me, I look like it as riding a bike. When you're younger, you ride a bike, you fall off, you bust your knee, it's bleeding, what do you do? Do you stop riding your bike? No, you put a Band-Aid on, and the next time you go out, you throw some knee pads on. Well, the same thing to me is, is that's how child abuse is. You went through this traumatic experience. Um, survivors of child abuse actually block out their childhood because of everything they went through. So you could show me pictures of myself when I was nine, 10, 12 at Disneyland, Disney World, sleepovers with my friends at my house. And I don't even remember none of that because I blocked out everything. Um, so it's an ongoing thing to just like I was telling you how you grow up feeling insecure, unworthy, you start dating and getting these bad relationships. A lot of survivors of abuse turn to drugs, alcohol, sex, harming themselves on my uh, tell somebody page that's why i love when people share stories because they tell you how they tried to kill themselves five times and it didn't succeed and i've never tried to do that only because i'm too scared of blood and little things like that but there are people that have harmed themselves and i always tell people stop you know you don't know it but you are a diamond and you just you know it's just it's a lot but it affects you your whole life and until you address it 
it's not going to go away. The memories will always be there, but the pain will fade the more you put work into it. I tell people you have to tell your story because that's how you get your power back. See, when you were younger, you got your power took from you from your abusers. You got your power took from the other adults that didn't do nothing about it. Now that you're an adult, you have to take that back. You have to own what happened to you. And Ianla even told me, and I had to go through it, you know, just like Ruth, journals, you know, um, just self-help books. Like there is work that you got to do. But it is something that no matter how old you are, you won't ever forget what happened to you. Got you. Now, the last question. Um, I'm going to start with you, Ruth. Um, what advice you, you have for the people that are going th through this dark chapter in life? And, and what do the Black community need to do to prevent this? this from happening i think like alicia said about the book you know educating is very important i had a conversation with my daughters about the five you know the safe but the five is like the five safe the five safe areas and the five safe people um and um i had a clinician talk to me about it and i was able to talk to my kids about it and i think that's very important and i think alicia's book is very important i think that can also help the black community because I mean, it's, it's, it's like she said, it's education. Um, I think some telling someone that is going through that same pain is to speak, you know, speak until someone hears you. If you tell someone and they don't, and they tell you to be quiet, tell somebody else, you know, definitely speak and know that you're not alone. And everything that we go through makes us stronger and makes us better people. And the main thing is that we learn from our, from the, from things that has happened to us. And, you know, T.D. Jakes talks about this a lot in a lot of his books about crushing. And, and in our crushing moments is where we find our purpose. Our gift will, you know, your gift will make room for you. And I didn't understand that until now. And, and you know, in this space. And now I understand that the, that pain made a whole avenue for me. You know, that pain, those tears and everything that happened now has a purpose. And that purpose is to help other people and to get the word out there to let people know that yeah, this happened to me. It sucked. The people that were supposed to protect me didn't. But you know what? I'm a resilient adult. I'm a good mom. I am a survivor. And I'm going to continue to help other people. So I think as long as you understand that you can get to the other side and that this, this situation is not the end, it's not the end all be all, and you can you know be a better person. You can help other people. And the, you, know, you don't have to you know end your life because of what's happening. It's, it's other ways, it's other ways around it. And getting help and speaking is like the first step. Last but not least, the Steve Harvey of rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, you know, I, I'm a joke. <laughs> uh, but Alicia, can you um, well, tell, tell somebody what advice you have for people that are currently going through molestation in the black community and what can the community like myself I never experienced it I don't, I don't, I don't believe my I don't know if I have family members and like you said if they if, if I do I, I don't know because they won't tell uh what do you advice you got you you want to give to people that's going through this horrible act and what advice you got for me and the people that are in the black community what can we do to prevent this happening to happening to little kids in the future? Uh, yes, when I was younger, I wish that I would have known that I was supposed to keep telling because people like Dare come out to schools and teach children about drugs. And even in sex ed, they teach you about your body, but they don't teach you that no one's supposed to touch you there. Right. So if I knew that I was supposed to keep telling, then I would have kept telling. And that's why I say tell somebody and keep telling until something gets done. And so if you're younger and you're being abused right now, then yes, you have to tell somebody, you have to get out the situation. Unfortunately, I really hate it because just like Ruth, people do tell and get up out of that abusive home just to be placed in another one. Yep. And that honestly, honestly breaks my heart 
Mm-hmm. But I still have to keep advocating. Um, Iyana actually said that to me one time. She said, you keep telling people to tell somebody, but you know, then what? And what if they tell, but you know, they don't get the results they want. And it's like, my message is still to tell somebody. Like you still have to tell, you still have to get it off your chest. You still have to get help. And as far as what do I tell the community? I mean, it's right in front of our face. And sometimes we turn a blind eye to it. Mm. But you have to look into it. And if your kids don't want to hug somebody, don't make them. You know, if your kids feel uneasy about some somebody or something, you need to listen to it. That's the slogan I tell parents, that you need to listen, you need to believe, and you need to do something about it. My mother and me had a real rocky relationship, especially right before the On The Show. But since the On The Show, me and her are actually rebuilding our relationship. We talk more and it feels more genuine. We're working things out. I don't, um, just like Ruth said, I'm not forgiving her for what she did because it was wrong, but I'm forgiving the situation because I'm not gonna let it destroy me. And my mother is now an advocate for Tell Somebody. And she also wears Tell Somebody shirts and she tells other parents, if your child told you and you didn't believe them, even if it was five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, like us, you can still apologize, you know? You can still work on and rebuild. You can still admit what you did was wrong, you know? But like Ruth said, it's so many generational curses that they haven't even worked out yet. So it's like, how are they gonna do that for us? So it's about us breaking the generational curses. And by saying, look, I know that messed up stuff was going going down the line down in your family, but guess what? Then I was born and y'all would have never thought. My grandfather and his family would have never thought that at six years old, when they told me to be quiet, that one day I'd be helping millions and my message would be to tell somebody, you know? So, I want to say one thing about what you just said. Okay. I think that um, for me, it was like, now that I've spoken, it's crickets. Like, how are you guys quiet now? You know now. You know, if you say you didn't know, you know, a lot of, some families say they didn't know, and some of them didn't. Um, but for, for the ones that, that know now, <laughs> not one, not, nobody has called me and said, I apologize. I was not there. I'm sorry. Some of them, even when I start speaking on my social media and stuff like that, they get off my live, they get off my accounts and all of that. Like, it's crazy. So, you know, it, it just goes back to, you know, what you're saying, like about the generational, like they don't, that, that pain, they have pain themselves and they not, they, they've never dealt with it and they don't want to deal with it. And so they tuck it away and they die with that pain. And we are, we, our generation is like, no, we're standing up, we're speaking on it, and we're going to help somebody. And thank God, because it's, 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 ha- it's happened generations way past us. Right, right. And the fact that um, I was able to turn something like this into something so valuable, I'm able to go to schools now and put my book on a projector screen behind me and educate 300 kids in 30 minutes. And the last time I did that, before the assembly was over, before the kids even got up to go back to their classroom, not one, not two, but three different kids went up to their yard duty and said, I'm being touched and I need to tell somebody. And so it's like, even for me, when I see parents sending me pictures of them with my book, when I just see how I can touch people and educate people, I didn't help so many people. I don't even know how many people I've helped because it gets spread. I only know about the people, like you said, that have messaged me and told me that I affected them. But what I will say too, though, is that not only do I pray for other survivors and tell them don't take that secret to the grave, I have people on my page that have shared their story as young as six years old. If a six-year-old can share their story, even though they don't even know the magnitude, right. you can too. Um, and, and that's just my message, just to tell somebody. I forgot what I was about to say. Sometimes I, oh, that's what I was going to say. Not only do I pray for survivors and kids that are going through it, I also pray for child molesters. And I know that's something that people don't talk about, but I love God. And growing up, I didn't know God until I started seeing all the 
times when people ask me how do you know it's a god i tell them because of how many times i was supposed to die i didn't been you know or someone that came and shot where i was at my car didn't flipped over i didn't did this that there's so many times that i was supposed to be dead but i wasn't god saved me every time because i'm here now doing what i'm supposed to be doing so at that same token not only do i pray for survivors i also pray for child molesters because when i'm going through something i ask god for help and so every night before i go to sleep i say dear god can you please give strength to child molesters to please not harm any children and to go further than that every time i share a story every day as soon as i'm done underneath it it says child molesters please stop and seek therapy because child molesters are regular people yep. and they got social media just mm -hmm. like we got social media and i had to think to myself wow child molesters see my stories as much as other survivors as much right. as parents so I gotta let, you know, I gotta, any avenue, just, I'm just trying to touch all the bases, you know? I don't know, I'm just trying to do what I could do, so. Great, great, great. <laughs> what, 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 what will I do, what I do? He like, look, let me go to get out this live. <laughs> no, I mean, y'all did a remarkable job. I'm, just, I'm looking at the comments on Facebook. The ladies are uh, the ladies and uh, and, and the men uh, the, they appreciate your hard work and dedication educating the community and everything. So I, I truly appreciate that. Um, once again, thank you, Alicia. And I bought your book, and it's very unique. Uh, Tell somebody, Volume One, the basics. The basics. Oh well, I, I'm gonna buy that book too. <laughs> I love it. Gangsta Boo, I will buy that book. I love too. it. That's right. I love it. I mean, I was just starting out. Let me start with the basics first, and then I'll grow up to that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, thank you, uh, Ruth uh, Proctor, for your book, and thank you for sending this so so fast. So I, I, I wanted to have the book on the show, and you sent it, and I truly appreciate it. I survived. You can too. Um, you got the book all off to the side. I can't put it in the middle so I can see the title of the book. Okay, my bad, Alicia. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, you should have debriefed me before I brought you on the show. <laughs> okay. This is my. Let me get my final thoughts. Um. Uh. Once again, ladies, thank you for coming on the show. Um, I told you earlier on the show that uh, my motivation behind behind this is that I feel that, and y'all touched on that, um, not only that just topical molestation, there's other things that in the black community, we need to break these generational curses in order for us to grow, uh, to grow as, as a nation. And there's a hotline for, for for people, women and men that are being molested, I believe it's 1-800-656-HOPE. If you're being molested, please call that phone number and and, and, and it's open 24 hours, seven days, seven days a week. So so you make sure you tell someone about that. Um, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is, this, oh, I know my coworkers going to be- they would say tell someone, but it's tell somebody. Yeah. You you interfering with my my outro. Okay. okay, Steve. Tell somebody, okay? Um uh so once again, uh I thank you ladies for coming on the show. It was very it was a, it was a distinct honor and pleasure having you on the show and and speaking your y'all's peace and telling everyone uh, your, your your trials and your tribulations and your 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 tenacity to overcome your trials and tribulations. I appreciate that. And I always leave the show with a slogan. My slogan, which is knowledge is power, economic freedom is salvation. But if you put the two together, we can build a great nation as a black people. Thank you, Alicia. Don't 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 hang up too quick because I need you to do a plug. So thank you, Alicia, and thank you, Ruth, for coming on the show. Uh, and this is Marcus. Where people to get the books from? Okay, um, I I was hoping to do that with the plug. Let me do my show. He said, "Look, y'all are making me y'all sick of y'all." <laughs> y'all gonna do when y'all gonna do a plug? Y'all gonna introduce your book, your website, <laughs> your, your size shoe, and everything. 
Okay. Somebody All right. Okay. We're giving him a hard time. It's okay. Boy. We know you barking. Boy, boy, <laughs> boy, man. All right. Once again, thank you for supporting the Rebuke Podcast. But and once again, keep keep supporting it and uh, sharing it with your friends and family. And this is Marcus, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>